Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that's still cooking. It's the Noobs and the Whovian. My name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Tripp and Corbin. And, and we're, we're the noobs. noobs. And this is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who, who haven't. So welcome to episode number 65 covering series five, episode one, the 11th hour. This is the one where we say hello to the 11th Doctor, guys. <laughs> well, no, it's a ha- It's a happy it's uh, a happy. Uh, oh, yeah. We're not saying goodbye to anybody this time. Uh, the newly regenerated doctor crashes in the backyard of a little Scottish ginger who has a worm infestation. <laughs> the space worm pretends to be a man with a dog, but is eventually captured by flying ice eyeball space snowflakes. Remember that one? <laughs> it's uh, story number 20, I believe this is a typo, 203, I think this one is. Originally airing April 3rd, 2010, to 10.08 million viewers. So pretty good. Pretty good start for the yeah. 11th Doctor. It's not a 12 million, uh, you know, end of time, but uh, Which but actually kind of surprises me. That's a 2 million loss. Af- just apparently everybody hated the look of the Matt Smith. No, I mean, it's four months later. It's, I mean, 12 million was, you know, that was a peak. That was, that was a high point. It was a big yeah. whoop-de-doo episode. Uh, so this one, this one only got 10.08 million viewers. This one was written by Stephen Moffat. Uh, so we're uh, moving into a slightly new era and I'm getting ahead of myself. I don't, I don't want to tip all that yet, but uh, we remember Stephen Moffat. Uh, what do you guys remember Stephen Moffat for? The good ones. All the good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's right. Uh, Blink was the one that he wrote, mm. and he forgot that he wrote, or whatever. Oh, <laughs> yeah, how did that like he, for, he forgot the, even, that he even wrote it. The uh, Empty Child. That was yep, a good one. Yep, yep. That one was really good. Um, this one was also directed by Adam Smith. Now, this is Adam Smith's uh, first outing with Doctor Who. So this is our first time seeing him, but not our last. Guys, Noobs in the Whovian is brought to you by R5 Website Management, where you can get world-class hosting, domain registration, and security at a great price. Make sure that you uh, use the code NOOBS at checkout for 15% off of your entire order. So go to store.r5websitemanagement.com. Use the code NOOBS to get started on your awesome website today. All right, so miscellaneous trivia. I kind of want to start off with what's new, all right? This is not a, a new segment, but this time around, this is kind of a landmark episode. So what is new in this episode? First of all, we have a new showrunner. We just mentioned this was written by Stephen Moffat. This is also the first episode where Stephen Moffat is the new executive producer, showrunner. Our man, Russell T., bye-bye. He is gone. Do you know what he did after this? Uh, you know what? I don't know, actually. Hmm. He went on to do many wonderful things, I'm sure. Uh, but his time as a showrunner for Doctor Who, he did his four seasons, and uh, and now he's moved on. Stephen Moffat uh, has has now kicked off what is known as the Stephen Moffat era. So we have a new opening titles right off the bat. As soon as we see uh, the Doctor um, almost falling out of his TARDIS and everything, uh, we, we roll into some new credits. By the way, if I, if I understood right, that originally wasn't part of the episode. Like they filmed that and like it wasn't originally in the script or something. Like it had its own script. It had its own director, all, all this kind of stuff. And yeah. then it was kind of like tacked on. So I don't know how that hmm. worked. I haven't seen the newest. Uh, I haven't seen the first episode of season 11, but it felt fairly reminiscent to what happened there or vice versa. With her falling out of the TARDIS? Yeah. 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 Somewhat the, similar. The Wikia uh, pointed that out that, here you have Matt Smith 
dangling from the TARDIS, almost falling out. Later on, we'll see the 13th Doctor uh, full on just slide right out the door. (laughs) And she goes falling. Uh, So her first episode is called The Woman Who Fell to Earth. Uh, Because she literally did. I get it. Ah. Thanks for the spoilers, Dad. Oh, okay. I just ruined that episode for you and gave you that title. All right, so uh, new opening titles. We also had a new theme song arrangement. What did you guys think of the new take on the theme song? Y'all have only heard, really, two. You've heard the the new Who one and the original one, because we've watched a few of those episodes. I think it's definitely better than the original, but I don't know if I like it more than the one that we've... You mean better than the original original? Like original original, first Doctor. It's definitely better than that. Did they have a different opening for the second Doctor? I think they did. The visuals were different, but the song, I think, was... Yes, yes, his smirking face. I think the song was the same, though. Yeah. The visuals were uh, updated. Yeah, so I think it's definitely better than the original, but I don't know if it's better than the one that we've been having. I okay. feel like that yeah, one's a little bit better. I don't remember this new one very well, but yeah, it'll, I, it, yeah. it'll come. It felt very different. Mm-hmm. I I honestly yeah. can't remember it. But definitely it, the it almost too. sounded like it was an entirely different song at certain points. Mm, yeah. but, um, if I remember correctly, it has like a little bit longer of a opening like the dun, yeah dun, it does and it also it's a little bit more i don't know a little bit more rock and roll maybe yeah. or kinda, it's a little kinda. edgy not edgier but just driving it's more driving yeah yes. so we all I, know matt smith is the edgiest doctor <laughs> the, uh, okay uh, but yeah i i thoroughly enjoy the new the new look it's got then at the end of the opening title sequence what do we get new logo, new logo. yes Yay. i noticed and, that i'm like hey that's a vaguely familiar-looking logo. I think I've seen that somewhere before. Yeah. When I started watching Doctor Who, it, this era was on on the air at the time. And so this was the logo that you saw most often. And so the, the logo, it, this is the – it's the DW shaped to be the sides TARDIS. of the TARDIS looking at – you know, like if you were looking at the TARDIS – from a from a forty five degree angle, looking yeah. at one of the corners and with the a little light logo. on top. It's very interesting. I like the logo. Yeah, yeah. the current logo of season eleven is really weird looking, though. It's just kind of spacey, and then it has the word yeah. Doctor Who, and it's like that's cool, I guess. Yeah, and you'll also notice a a different color palette. Yeah. So the opening mm-hmm. title sequence. Is a, has a different color feel. It's a little more blue and green, mm, whereas yeah, the old yeah. one was very orange and red. Yeah. Uh, mm. The logo was very orange and red. The logo is now very mm-hmm. blue and green. You'll notice in a lot of the promotional stuff, DVD covers, things like that, it's blue and green. Uh, mm-hmm. So we've got all of this new stuff coming before we can ever get to, you know, beyond that, you know, behind the scenes stuff, you've got all this new stuff. Then, of course, we have the new Doctor, which we'll, uh, we'll get into more details about him, but obviously we, we saw him regenerate last time. He got his his little opening bit about, oh, good, I've still got legs, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> oh, did y'all notice? Okay, so y'all remember, y'all remember uh, Eccleston making the comment about the ears, his, yeah. his ears, oh, making a joke about that? Um, the... I was I was gonna say the tenth doctor had something like that, but I can't remember. Anyways, mm-hmm. it was teeth, wasn't it? Yeah, um, teeth. yes, That's but that was just I have teeth. new teeth. It wasn't like, oh, look at these weird teeth that are stereotypical David Tennant, you know. Mm-hmm. But 
Um, although now that we're saying that tenant teeth was kind of our big thing, yeah. but Matt Smith, I don't know if y'all caught this. Uh, and it was at the, it was at the end of a very emotional scene. So there was a lot of stuff happening, but he's, you know, he pulls his hair down in front of his face and says, still not ginger. Um, he, for a second, he feels how long his hair is and he thinks he's a girl. Oh, I'm a girl. Yeah. I'm a girl. Yeah, I'm he, a girl. The way he says it too is I'm a girl and, uh, just sort of distressed. Didn't the 10th doctor mention being ginger as well? Yeah, he did. Yes, he's, he pulled, pulled, uh, he told the Sycorax to just, you know, like, shut up and stand there and wait because I'm busy. And he walks over to Rose and says, Rose, this is very important. Am I ginger? <laughs> so, really? I wanted to be ginger. So, um, oh my. <laughs> we have a special guest in the studio. <laughs> Tucker. I closed up the doors. Tucker has appeared out of nowhere. Okay. If you can be quiet, you can stay. If not, we will pause and send you out. <laughs> so, uh, at any rate, uh, Matt Smith, you know, so he does the thing with his hair and mm-hmm. then he's feeling and he's like, okay, I've got ears, I've got a nose, I've got eyes. And then he, he, he brings his hands down the side of his face and touches his chin and goes, Ooh, blimey. <laughs> because <laughs> one of the things about Matt Smith is that, that chin just <laughs> hanging out there. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. 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 So I don't know if y'all notice how, how prominent his chin is. There's actually a line coming up down the road where he gets called the chin. <laughs> chin. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. And, and you know, it's one of those things where, like, Chris Eccleston was kind of, like, made fun of about his northern mm-hmm. accent and his ears. Mm-hmm. And so they addressed that in-universe. And so you've got Matt Smith with the big chin. And so the first time he encounters the chin, ooh, blimey. <laughs> you know, it was oh. fun stuff there. Uh, we have a new companion. So, again, we'll, we'll talk more about Amelia Pond. Uh, mm-hmm. But that is another new thing on the list here. We've got a new TARDIS exterior. Yeah, remember when he uh, when he that was amazing. It looks so amazing. It it does, and we'll uh, we'll uh, let Jared go into that one. I don't want to steal his thunder. He's going to talk about that in the classic Who connection. But in general, the TARDIS has got like a fresh coat of paint on it. If I remember correctly, (laughs) it's ever so slightly bigger. You know, like they they rebuilt it, and it does look ever so slightly different. Um, You you would have to put them side by side to really see all the differences. But uh, but if I remember correctly, it's a little stockier. It's a little broader. Uh, whereas Tennant's and Eccleston's was more narrow. You, there, and, you know, ten, that's the other thing is from Eccleston to Tennant, nothing changed. Yeah. yeah. Right? The, Except the, the doctor. The uniform, or the uniform, the costume, you know, the doctor's outfit, that changed. But the sonic screwdriver is the same. The TARDIS interior, the TARDIS exterior, there's the same companion at the beginning. You know, not as much change. Same showrunner. So this was a radical, radical mm-hmm. Uh, change of, of stuff. So we had the new TARDIS exterior. We had a new TARDIS interior. Um, this is actually the first episode to show two TARDIS desktop themes in one episode. Desktop themes. In all? Mm-hmm. In all? Okay. Yes, uh, across. Uh, if, you're, if you're seeing in that is not that impressive. <laughs> no, if yeah. I understood. That this is the first change of yeah. interior. No, if I understood right, this is across the board. This is the first time we see the, the TARDIS interior uh, two different TARDIS interiors in the same episode. Now, we're going to the see... The first time or the only time? Uh, it's the first time, because we okay. are going to see that happen again a couple more times. We just mentioned uh, Jodie Whittaker's entry. Um, yeah. Oh, and you know what? That doesn't that doesn't count, because we don't see both in the same episode. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. So, I don't, I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think we see them both in the same episode. So, uh, typically, you have a little bit of time, you know, with regeneration, there's... there's, yeah. there's uh, not as much going on. So at any rate, first time that we're going to see that, not the last time. Um, and then we hinted at a second ago, 
Brand new sonic screwdriver. Now we didn't get a yes. real good look at it. What's what's the first thing that we noticed? Green. 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 It's green instead of blue. Um, we're going to see that, that that is going to also be a thing that changes over the years. Well, at least it's not glasses. <laughs> you just got to keep bringing that up, aren't you? Yes. Uh, 12 does end up with a... Um, well, uh, well you've, you've probably already seen them. Wow. 12 ends up with back to blue. And then uh, Whitaker, uh, 13, ends up yellow. Oh, yeah, Her Sonic yeah. is radically different mm-hmm. it's i love it i think she might be my favorite yeah looks yeah. really rustic as well yeah. it's kind of curved and it's kind of yeah. it's almost it's steampunk economic like, kind of i mean yeah. she built like, it so absolutely. absolutely the other ones well at least the ones that i've seen it pops out of the little desk so yeah I mean, that's as far as i know for sure yeah jody's is right. a lot less symmetrical compared yeah. to a lot of the other ones. <laughs> yeah that, that's I think, true i think that one's probably my favorite just it's like it's true it's like a group Screwdriver with screwdriver. Groot. Groot. It looks like a tree branch, kind of. Oh, okay. At least the outside. I can a see metal that, tree but branch. Yeah. Tree Groot. All right. So uh, that was that was all of our what's new stuff that was uh, brand new in this new era of Doctor Who. So there's a lot going on. Under still under the category of just miscellaneous trivia, we have Magpie Electricals making a comeback. You guys remember Magpie? Where mm-hmm. where did we see Magpie? Uh, We've seen it before. Idiot's Lantern. That, uh, yeah, the Idiot's Lantern. Didn't we see it? The Wire. Yes. The wire. It was there where the uh, the TVs are, are sucking people's brains <laughs> in, out or whatever, and sucking their faces off. their face. Yes, of course. That's how it works. <laughs> As you did. Yeah, if I, mean, I suck your brain out, it's going to remove your face. Yeah, Durr. I mean, duh. Uh, but then it kind of became like a running gag kind of thing where if we ever saw the back of a television, it was going to say Magpie Electricals. <laughs> yeah. And so that kind of kept happening. And apparently they went bonkers uh, with the new with the new TARDIS um, uh, interior. So you'll, there's a picture here in our show notes, and we'll put this up on the website over at noobsinthehoovian.com. You can see a picture. Do you all remember when you banged away on the typewriter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a Magpie typewriter. Yeah. And this is one epic-looking typewriter because it's got – it doesn't have the old keys. It has like yeah. a new keyboard-looking thing with glowy letters. That's a but it's a tight. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of retro, like, but but sci-fi still. Yeah, uh, and just and and I love the hammers hitting like it's actually typing on paper, but there's no paper and there's nothing yeah. there, so it's just going tick 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 for nothing. So Magpie was on the the typewriter here. It is on the back of the monitor. So do y'all remember the monitor that we paused yeah. at the end and I said, hey, do y'all, you know, like, look here. Do y'all see the what the, that uh, line, that squiggly line is supposed to be, um, which we'll come back to later. The TARDIS Wikia mentioned that you could see the Magpie Electrical's logo then. I stopped it. I freeze-framed it. I screenshot it. It is not there. So apparently later on, it is on the back of that monitor, but we just but didn't just see, see it. it in that we just didn't see it this time, so mm-hmm. it is going to show up. Apparently, it's on a couple magpie. The magpie logo is on a couple of different items within the TARDIS itself, which wow. I think is super cool. That's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I don't get what the typewriter's for. I mean, he just randomly punches. Is that like punching in coordinates or something? I don't even know. Yeah, he just. Well, I mean, I love that. There's just this, nonsense stuff on there. Yeah. This new one just has a lot of bells and whistles and whatnot yeah. to just play around with that yeah. don't even seem to do anything. And and apparently, I don't know if Jared has ever brought this up before, but apparently the first doctor, uh, the or excuse me, the actor, William Hartnell, he had devised in his own mind 
what everything on the control panel did oh, wow. on the original. So you remember That's how that seriously? one looked? It was a lot less junky than, yeah. than the, the last Especially two that we've seen here. One. Very yeah. clean and futuristic for the 60s kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but, but still, lots of buttons and dials and switches yeah. and knobs and all kinds of stuff. And he apparently had, like, this is the startup uh, sequence. Boop, 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 bop. You know, like pull this thing, turn this to this, and press that meant launch. And I imagine and he did all those in the episode. Supposedly, yes. wow. supposedly, yeah. That when he when he would do things, and he would uh, literally be doing it. Yes, so he, like that sort of thing nowadays. Uh, yeah, right, mm. right. So <laughs> fantastic. Uh, so again, miscellaneous trivia. This is kind of an Easter episode. So if you guys remember, we had the David Tennant Easter special. Mm-hmm. This one, not only did it air, it aired April 3rd, so it was around Easter time. I didn't take a look at what, when Easter was in 2010. However, when Amy is praying to Santa at the beginning, oh, uh, she says, she says it's Easter now, so I hope I didn't bother you. So we actually... The flash forward is like 20 years into the future. So, uh... <laughs> right, right, right. So but really it begins good. with kind of an Easter episode. So... Apparently in the commentary for this episode, and I didn't hear this, I picked this up on the, on the wiki, but on the commentary for this episode, uh, writer, showrunner, Stephen Moffat said that the doctor was the type of man who would jump off a building and work out what to do on the way down. We Does seen that, ring that any bells? for 12. <laughs> That's right. Wow. That's right. It, Literally, uh, he just now, pauses. Who wrote Heaven Sent? I'm guessing Steve. Stephen Moffat. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So he decided to take that idea and he actually turned it into part of a, a, an episode many years later. So uh, Moffat also told Russell T. Davies in January of 2008. All right, remember when did this episode air? We just said April 2010, 2010. which meant which means it was probably filmed mid to late tw- 2009. Okay, mm-hmm. but in January of 2008, Stephen Moffat told Russell T. Davies he was working on the first episode. He was writing this episode wow. that far back. So this guy was chomping at the bit to, to get to you know the, this 11th Doctor and all of this new stuff. So fun times. And just a fun tidbit of uh, miscellaneous trivia. This is the first time since Fear Her. Y'all remember Fear Her? Trip, who was, who was Fear Her? Oh, the one where, like, she drew the picture. Chloe Webber. Oh, yeah, Chloe Webber. She would draw a picture. <laughs> That's all you need to say. And they would That's all you gotta become say. the picture. That's right. This is the first time since that episode that there were no on-screen casualties. Which means what, guys? Everybody lives. Everybody lives, Rose. Just this once. Everybody lives. So. And then they did it several more episodes, but that's fine. You're quiet. Quiet, you, Mr. Mm. Man. Well, actually. (laughs) And that brings us to the cast. So first of all, obviously, the 11th Doctor, Matt Smith, Matthew Robert Smith. So he did lots of UK stuff before Doctor Who. Nothing rung any bells for me. Uh, He did post-Doctor Who. He did do Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. He was in that. And he also plays uh, Charles Manson in the movie Charlie Says. Do you all know Charles Manson? Nope. I don't know any of the movies you just said, so... Me neither. Okay, well, there's there's an old Jane Austen book that was also made into several movies called Pride and Prejudice. So this is... And it's like, you know, like 18th century Victorian romance and 
oh, you know, he's, he, he, I hope he'll choose me and blah, 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 and, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And then, and then, then this is struggling to describe it. <laughs> so this is Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. So it was part of it. There was a couple of novels that were, that were done like that, where it was like this and this and that and, uh, you know, mummies. I don't know. So uh, then uh, Charles Manson, he's a, he was a uh, serial killer. So there was a movie done about his life where he actually – uh, Matt Smith plays Charles Manson in a movie called Charlie Says, and he is currently playing uh, Prince Philip in Netflix's uh, series called The Crown. And I say currently playing, but I think actually he's done. The, uh, the 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 show is about the Queen of England and kind of like progressing through her life. And I think they, I think if I understand right, they reached a point where the prince is too old for Matt Smith to be playing him still. So like they had, they got like a new actress to play the queen and a new actor play, uh, Prince, Prince Philip. So at any rate, he was doing that for a little while and it was really weird seeing him in that role. It was really weird to watch. So, um, young Amelia was played by Caitlin Blackwood. So this was, this was Amelia that we meet as a little girl. She is the only child actor to originate the role of a companion. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so it's like so many qualifiers. Well, what that what that means is, uh, nor in the past, if we've ever seen a companion as a child, we like a flashback. Yeah, it's a flashback or time travel or something like After that. We've already met her, basically. right? But we, uh, Caitlin Blackwood, started the character of Amy Pond, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. Karen Gillan. So that's that's just a, a little unique thing here. So normally we we would meet a, a companion as an adult and maybe see them as a child later on. That's not what happens here. She also happens to be the cousin of Karen Gillan, who plays huh. uh, two redheads in one family. That's crazy. Well, yeah, I mean, actually, it runs in families. Yeah, really? yeah, oh yeah. I've got I've got a couple of cousins that are uh, brother brothers that are redheads, and they've got. Redheads going all the way on up and all oh, this kind nice. of stuff. So at any rate... Um, That's actually pretty funny. <laughs> what how is How they funny? played that. Like how young Amelia was played by the cousin of right, Amelia yeah. Pond. That's well, just, and what's funny <laughs> is when you look at them in this episode, y- yeah, they're they're both redheads. Mm-hmm. Okay. But <laughs> Other than I, that. <laughs> when I clicked on uh, Caitlin Blackwood's IMDb page or, or, or something. I don't remember if it was her IMDb page or maybe it was just the listing of her on the TARDIS uh, Wikia. It had a current picture of her. Mm. And so when it first came on the screen, I thought it was Karen Gillan. I was like, holy, holy crap. And I'm saying Gillan. I think it's Gillum. All redheads look the same. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, she looks just like her now that she's a little bit older. Um, because, you know, keep in mind this episode. So she was a nine-year-old playing a seven-year-old oh, wow. nine years ago <laughs> or 10 years ago. So, so now she's, you know, she's a teenager and whatnot. Wow. Yeah. So let me, let me see if I can, um, if I can find that real quick. I ah, will do that later. So at any rate, uh, and apparently there was something there was something with Karen recommending her for the part, and oh. I, I didn't quite catch all that. And I was like, "Oh, that's kind of interesting." And as I was reading about that, apparently they had never met, so like they were they knew each other, they knew that they were cousins. Oh my goodness! But they actually met on, on set, set for this episode. What? That's. <laughs> 
oh hey cousin that I've never seen before. Yeah. Time to work on a movie together. <laughs> Ton, tons and tons of fun stuff there, but she's related to me. She probably looks a bit like me. I think she would work for the role. Never met her in person. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Oh wow. So oh, wow, it really does, does look fun. I am now showing them the picture yes. of Caitlin Blackwood that's a little bit more recent. Oh, and when you first pull it up, it's like, holy cow, that looks really? like her. So wow. Definitely see the. You should uh, get like a side by side picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We may have to do that for the, for the post. So uh, now Amelia Pond or Amy Pond is, of course, played by uh, Karen Gillen. And now I've got, I've, I've got myself all mixed up here. Is it, am I, did I misspell it? Is it Gillen or Gillum? I think it's Gillen. Is it not Gillen? It's Gillen. Okay, it's Gillen. I, okay. I thought it was Gillum. Okay. okay, at any rate. Uh, so Karen Gillen, we have talked about her before because she is uh, she plays Nebula from Guardians of the Galaxy. So Guardians of the Galaxy 2, Infinity War, Endgame, all that stuff. She's the blue lady that's like part robot. I can now see her face. Like the face, like the angry faces she makes is similar to the angry faces that she makes. <laughs> You'll start to see it. It is, it is like a little weird going from like pasty white redhead to blue robot with no hair. <laughs> no hair. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like, okay, what's just if happened? And if I understand right, I remember seeing some pictures of her, of Karen, like with hardly any hair. And I oh. guess maybe it was while she was filming as Nebula they because... Didn't, they didn't do like a skin cap or whatever they yeah but it's it. hard to put that much yeah. hair True. up and she's got nothing no hat or nothing going on you know she's supposed to look like she's robot so i think she may have just and shaved it all off or something because i've seen i've seen some interviews with her where she had very 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 short i'm talking like buzz cut short hair so um she also plays ruby roundhouse from jumanji welcome to the jungle and the apparently upcoming jumanji next level i'm excited yeah, i'm excited i saw the trailer it actually looks like it's oh really yeah. yeah it's actually really it, it looks, looks like really it's going to be pretty funny because it's it's not all the main cast it's like two of the grandparents ended up in yeah, as yeah. well but also everyone is a different character from the first yeah. time they played no way really yeah, yeah. yeah. so like the so guy like that, the that turned into the rock turns into the professor instead he's, or something oh, he's yeah. not even i don't know what's happening with him he like went back in and he's a different character yeah. but and that's, they that's awesome they show the smoldering gaze the smolder. thing so um it's it's like the older dude and the other what older dude's doing? like what's happening to him is he having a heart attack <laughs> like, it looks really good i have not seen any of that all right so we got that to look forward to and we'll see more of karen gillen doing that and can i just say she is awesome in in welcome to the jungle she was awesome in that mm-hmm. so not only you know like kicking butt and taking names but the way she plays the amazing. character of like the insecure girl like why are my shorts so short you know and all that kind of stuff <laughs> like playing the insecure girl who then ends up in the in the character of like the kicking butt you know like super spy you know kind of thing so <laughs> she does yeah, she does yeah. both very very well uh then we have uh briefly rory williams played by arthur darville that's what? man <laughs> british mysterio type there um uh, arthur wait, you get the reference at any rate um the only the only real thing that i wanted to point out here is that he played in uh played reverend paul coates in broad church now broad church is the show that david tennant was doing for a while as well as jody whittaker that was executive produced by chris chibnall who is now the producer at Doctor Who. So it's kind of a tangled web there. So so what that means is Rory was 
you know, he was not a 10th doctor. He, he'd never met the 10th doctor, but he got to play alongside David Tennant. And of course, I'm speaking a little bit out of ignorance here because I, I've only seen a handful of episodes of the show. So I'm only presuming that by the time Arthur Darville got there, that David Tennant was still on the show. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly don't know. Mm-hmm. Another side note, I didn't catch her name, but um, the when I saw this, it, it connected some dots for me. The woman that the 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 monster the, the the worm thing the space worm mm-hmm. turns into the woman holding her two daughters hands yeah that woman that actress was also in Broadchurch oh. so I was I was like why do I know her face that's why so mm. and I again I didn't look her up at all so at any rate that brings us to the checklist so we were just sort of dancing around trying to talk about the space worm the creature of the week we had two this week we had the multiform. This is a, oh, I misspelled that one. Muttly form. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> multiform. It wasn't even underlined. Uh, basically a giant worm thing with horrifying teeth that can uh-huh. take, take the shape of anything that it has a psychic link with. And apparently it takes a long time to build the psychic link. Yeah. I had two yeah. So all you have to do is 12. go into 12. a hospital and choose random person and psychic link with them in like three seconds to become them. Makes sense. No, I think the idea was he had been psychically linking yeah. with those coma patients for months and months. Was that last lady a coma months. patient though? Yeah. I was under the impression yes. that was a random lady. No, she was. She oh. she she was uh, okay. she was one of the coma yeah. patients. That yeah. makes a bit more sense. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's kinda of funny that like whatever they're thinking of is what yeah. she turns into. Right. But right. like she turns in like, what I thought was going to happen was when she thought of whatever she saw or whatever, it was going to be the girl and the snake thingy, because it always is the person and then whatever it's thinking about. Oh, that's a good point. And then also... When when she when the doctor told her to think about the worm so that it turned into itself, yeah. still, it really should have turned into her holding the, the snake. Or yeah. just it mirroring mirroring itself and then they still wouldn't be able to detect it because it's disguised right yeah but it's disguised as itself Mm -hmm. so yeah um also i love how this thing is like a criminal it's like supposedly like super important criminal got to keep that one under wraps and it's like a multi-form or whatever that is used to taking on multiple like personalities i suppose yeah but it still can't control which mouth it talks out of half the time it's like what (laughs) it's like it's like oh i forgot how my left hand works you know like why you've been using it for years 20 years (laughs) maybe you know what maybe what it is is like every time it takes on a new form it has to figure out that particular form and all of its stuff it's like oh new (laughs) teas yeah Yeah, but like it's been hiding in her house for 12 years supposedly mainly using this one guy with his dog and then it mm-hmm. still barks out of the man's mouth and it's like what how yet all the other ones discovered a plot hole in a television show to the internet what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also had the giant snowflake eyeballs known as the atraxi holy horrifying eyeballs man. i know the, you know my Fun. the thing about those eyes that that scared me the most was just the way they moved yeah. Where they never just sort of stared. They were always like... They also didn't look very much like eyeballs. They look like, you know, fake CGI eyeballs you uh-huh. see in a movie. You quiet, you. <laughs> you quiet just, right now. You notice that, that a lot of eyeballs don't look like what an eyeball actually would yeah. look like. Yeah. 
like we did spend a lot of time looking very closely at eyeballs today, uh, or not today in this episode because they kept doing that whole out of the corner of your eye. So they would have the camera like sitting right, you know, right on top of their eyeballs, so you could see like, oh, how many veins does she have in her left Ooh. eyeball? Uh, so yeah. So um, those guys were very interesting, obviously very powerful. We don't know anything else about them except for they apparently adhere to the Shadow Proclamation, which we're going to talk about in a few. So there you go. All right, new on the checklist, Geronimo. We had him uh, jumping into the TARDIS with the uh, grappling hook, uh, uh, pulling the doors closed. So he does his Geronimo going down. That brings our running count to two because we actually had one in the last episode, mm-hmm. it was his last line. Uh, as apparently, Geronimo is going to be like a lot more prominent than Alon Z was because he yeah. said it in the last five minutes of the first episode he yeah. was in, and he was only in it for five minutes. Yeah, like, I don't want to like throw a wet blanket on you, but no, no, <laughs> uh-huh. that's what I thought going into it, and then I was like, wow, oh, he's going to use that a lot, not, not not as much, which is okay because yeah. Geronimo is kind of a weird. No, it's uh, not. Thing. I okay, mean, so is Alonzi. Alonzi isn't. It yeah. is. It is. But Geronimo like, to me is almost. Why are you speaking in a different language? I don't <laughs> get it. Geronimo uh-huh. to me is is almost like it's like cliche too. So anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought Alonzi was something that the doctor made up. I didn't realize it was French uh-huh. for a long time. So. <laughs> uh, so anyways, we had some jiggery pokery going on. The sonic screwdriver uh, blew up a phone booth, Fun. set off okay. a bunch of car alarms, and then drove a fire truck. Yep. So not only does the doctor drive the fire truck later on, but the Sonic just made it drive itself across the parking uh-huh. lot while the firemen like chase it down. Why couldn't you just send in the thing? Like, why did the doctor have to be in it? it like, it's oh no, much much more heroic looking. Also, oh, you know, seeing him like, driving the bus and the fake background wisdom. He probably about. did anyways because the ladder crashes through the window and then he's in the window oh, almost yeah. immediately. That's afterwards. true, yeah. So the he next was probably second. riding on top and controlling it with the screwdriver or plus, something. But. Plus, he said duck, yet the thing wouldn't have hit them. Barely got, yeah, barely <laughs> came in. It could have said step to the left, you know. <laughs> Whatever. Had the same effect. Uh, so let's see. The TARDIS, um, we had it turned sideways, laying on its side, and uh, Corbin was was laughing about that, that the doctor threw a grappling hook up and had to, like, you know, mm. mountain climb his way along the floor of the TARDIS to, to come out. Um, this is not I was the, in the pool. That was in the library. That's right, okay. yes. Okay, so can one, I just say... I was slightly confused by this because I thought the implication was because the TARDIS was on the side, all the water had drained from the pool into the library, but then they made it sound like there was a pool in the library. Yes. I'm, so I'm, I'm confused by I'm that. pretty sure that's what it is. That One, the TARDIS has a pool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. The TARDIS has a library. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. The pool is in the library in the TARDIS. I, I, like, I swear, I thought what it was saying is that, you know, all the water fell out of the pool into the library. That would make sense. That, no, the pool that is would make in sense. the library. That would make sense. What? This Why didn't is not... he just lift the TARDIS back up once he got back out? I imagine it's very heavy. Yeah, wow. given how much stuff is in there. unless but Plus, he didn't stop very long. He was just, like, moving. Unless yeah. matter and weight are both distorted, so it's only as heavy as a police box. Which uh, is probably also pretty heavy. Pretty heavy, so, yeah, I, I mean, uh, Yeah, yeah. So, this is not the last time that we're going to mess around with the interplay between the inside of the TARDIS and the outside of the TARDIS. Mm. There's some other fun stuff uh, that, that happens later on. Um, but uh, And apparently there was there was a note somewhere that this is the first time that we see the TARDIS doors open out. Uh, 
in a long, long time or something like that. It was just that's weird. Normally, the TARDIS doors open in uh, the police. Excuse me, the police box doors open in, but apparently. I, and I didn't even now. notice this, but it was just in the wiki. Apparently, at some point, he opened one of the doors. Oh, oh, yeah. When yeah, it, when it was on its side, out. the doors were opened out. They had to be, you know. So, at any rate. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess they didn't have to be, but it was much more dramatic that way. So, it's also the only way he would be able to close them by repelling yeah. in like that. So, uh, we also have uh, the return of the St. John's Ambulance Badge, which, like I said, I'll, I'll leave that to uh, to our classic Who uh, segment to, to, to fill in the gaps on that. <clears throat> Uh, the psychic paper made a made a fun little return here. Where mm-hmm. um, we, actually we had a couple things. One, the Atraxi sent him a message via the psychic paper, yeah. which we've kind of seen that happen one time before, but this time we saw it happen visually. And I thought it was hilarious that the message that they sent him was "Prisoner Zero has escaped." <laughs> like, it's yeah. the same same thing that they've been saying this whole time. Wow, uh, newsflash. Like, I yeah. Newsflash. And then we had just a brief moment of him flashing the psychic paper through a webcam uh-huh. to all the important people. And, yeah. Yeah. And, and we didn't even get um, to see what, yeah, what, what the, they thought that that said. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole scene to me was kind of weird, actually. I, I didn't, I didn't yeah, think that was, was, yeah. that was the most bizarre part of this strange. episode. So. I can Clearly, if they see thing. zeros everywhere, they'll trace it back to <clears throat> this phone and then yeah. they'll know you're here. I'm like, yeah. Okay, sure. Well, no, that part, I guess, made sense. It was just the, the whole getting, like, why did he have to, if he made a, a, a super smart virus that's also kind of alive, don't tell anyone, uh, why did he need these other powerful people to send it out? Why couldn't he just send it out from that phone? Anyways, anyways, it, was, it, it almost seemed like time fill to yeah. me. Um, especially, especially Corbin, to introduce Jeff, mm-hmm. who oh, no. we will never see ever again. Yeah. Spoiler alert, Jeff is nobody. <laughs> I, I said, he's he's like, you will be the most important man ever. I'm like, who is this Jeff? Is this Jeff Bezos? Who is this man? This is, why is, has already been the most important he, and so has Donna Noble. Everybody's the most important. You are not important. You yeah. did. You sent out, so, you helped some world leaders send out a virus. It was, it was. saved the world. What do you mean he's so, not important? Yeah. So later on, we see where, um, what was the exact situation that was happening? I don't know. But anyway, the, the, uh, the doctor says something about the handsome one. I thought, I thought that was your boyfriend, the handsome one. And, uh, you know, and, and Rory's like, oh, thanks. Oh, thanks. Great. Wonderful. Jeff, you know, like <laughs> the handsome one or the good looking one. That's what he said. And I think okay. there's going to be there's going to be one tiny callback to him later on i don't even think it's this season i think it might be next yeah it's next season there's a tiny little callback to him but mm-hmm. other than that he is just not ever comes coming up again and to spend the amount of time on that whole bit that we did i feel like we could have done some other fun stuff with with this new doctor but oh well uh jibberty jabberty he says of course it's an interdimensional multi-form from outer space they're all terrified of wood i just thought that was i fun. love this line it's it's um it's like making reference i feel like at movies it's like Oh, horrifying dude with an axe trying to get in. Let him hit the door with the blunt end of his axe. <laughs> what are you doing? Why would you... What? What are you talking about? Just like how slow it is for yeah. people that are trying to get the main character to get through such oh, oh, simple objects saying. like yeah. a wooden door. I got you. It's hilarious. Oh no, right. this door is not even locked. I can't just unlock... The- <laughs> I just can't just open up the door... 
I have to slowly break the door down. Yeah. That's right. That's slowly right. just kick it or punch it, even though I have a chainsaw. So oddly enough, with a new doctor and a new companion and we're introducing and everything, no mention of the time war. Uh, yeah, but I guess th- that's okay because it's this is kind of a happy-go-lucky episode. This is kind of just just fun. So let's fun not 11. let's not yeah. bring up the whole time war thing. And all of my people are apparently time locked in a thing and whatever. Sad and they're all, they're all gonna die. Um, we also have um, oh okay. So this this is uh, also new. So I asked the boys what what they thought, and uh, when we were in series one, I pointed out Bad Wolf. Yeah. Because it was one of these things that was like, what? Like, what? what is, you know, like, at the end of the series, you go, oh, that was a thing? I see. But if you're not looking for it, you don't we see it. We never would have noticed. Yeah. Even, yeah. even when he spray painted it on the door, we would have forgot about that by the right. time the end of the series right. came around. And there were episodes where all three of us were looking for it. And I had seen the episode before, and we still it's didn't notice spot. it until the Wikia yeah. pointed it out. So there's some other stuff coming up. Uh, so we have mention of... Let's see, the, the, uh, the space worm says, the Pandorica will open and silence will fall. All right? Ah. So we've got, so Corbin astutely pointed out that the series finale is called... Pandorica Opens. Pandorica Opens. I didn't know that was the season finale. I just knew it was an episode. I think it's the season, season finale, yeah. So at any rate, uh, so you, you've, got a, you've got a thing there, obviously. Then we have Silence Will Fall. So we not only have the Pandora will open and silence will fall, then later on the space worm says, silence, doctor, silence will fall, in the creepiest possible fangy voice that you can do. <laughs> and so um, I'm just pointing that out, just dropping that in there. So anytime you guys want to mm. speculate or talk about any of these things, let me know. Speaking of the uh, eh. teethy voice or whatever you said, yeah. we haven't done special effects in the while, but those teeth in the humans looked so weirdly good and bad at the same time. I thought they were pretty good. I thought I they mean, were pretty good. No, I, I, I probably got I don't them, know still. what to think about it because it's like almost there. It even <laughs> it even almost looked three D like it right. was possibly there, no. but it wasn't all that great. It so was it, was, it was really weird. It was it was right on the cusp of being believable. So yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, let's see. We also had the crack. So there is a crack in Amy's wall. But it's not in the wall. It's everywhere. Thanks the for being says. cryptic, Doctor. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, Prisoner Zero says that he didn't open the crack, but seems to know where it came from, right? I feel like it's going to be important sometime later. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then reveals to him that the universe is cracked. Mm-hmm. The universe is cracked. We see, we have now seen the crack in uh, in 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 in. Uh, Amy's wall. Is the crack still it, there? Is my question. Yeah, oh, that's a good see point. It after he jumped forward, but she also didn't mention it or anything. So correct, correct. Mm. Who knows? However, the doctor ends the episode with glancing at that monitor that we mentioned earlier that had a squiggly line. That if you weren't looking for it, you might not have caught that either. That squiggly line on the on the monitor was in the shape of the crack, and yeah. so he he. Amy says, why me? He says, why not? I don't, you know, I don't have to have a reason. Then he goes into this whole bit about, you know, um, I was traveling by myself for a while, but I started talking to myself all the time and I got an earache. And so he says, you know, I just want someone to go with me. And the whole time that conversation is happening, he's glancing at the monitor 
with the, the outline of that crack. So in other words, the writer is telling us this is why he chose Amy because the mm -hmm. crack appeared in her wall and she wasn't scared of it. And, you know, he ended up involved in this whole situation. So now he's got to go investigate. Let's bring Amy along. So, yeah. All right. So that brings us to who's who. So who is the doctor? Uh, Corbin asked me <laughs> a little bit ago, why, why did I say we're the only podcast on the internet that's still cooking? That's because <laughs> Amelia, little Amelia Pond asked the doctor, who are you? And he says, I don't know yet. I'm still cooking. <laughs> so didn't we get, we had something like that from, from tenant, didn't we? Um, not, did he not there, say I'm I still cooking? Like, I don't think he said that, but there was something somewhat similar. Yeah. Same well, like, idea. you know, regrowing the hand and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, the doctor was was still cooking. So, again, another post-regeneration thing that we're learning here. Uh, he tells her at, eventually, he says, I'm, I'm the doctor. Do everything I tell you. Don't ask stupid questions and don't wander off. And that was a mm -hmm. great summation of here's what I expect out of my companions. Um, he's, <laughs> he then immediately turns around and walks into a tree and falls over oh. and he says, new body. Uh, no, early days, the steering is a bit off. So that's amazing. New mouth, new rules. That's right. That was my next one. New mouth, new rules. It's like eating after cleaning your teeth. Everything tastes wrong. So I thought cleaning your teeth was an odd way of saying brushing your teeth. But and maybe that's a UK thing. Give me an apple. I <laughs> new love mouth, apples. New rules. Hates everything except fish sticks with custard. Yeah. <laughs> Please no. That is. Um, I love. I love everything about the food bit. The food you sequence. You actually eat that, though. I wonder what that actually oh, yeah. tastes like, though. And I want to just tell you, I want to try it now. I do, though. I mean, I mean not yeah. really, but I definitely want to enjoy food the way he was enjoying fish those custard fish sticks. Pudding is good. Yeah. He was throwing down. But, I mean, did you see him? He was, like, throwing at that one point where he dips it in the custard and then just sucks the custard off uh, of the yeah. fish stick. And then, and and then the fish stick is slightly lighter colored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and, by the way, those look like the most amazing uh, fish sticks yeah. I've ever seen. I know. Fish fingers must be way better than fish sticks because those things yeah. were bulky. Those, those were thick, honking, battered up fish goodness. <laughs> so I definitely want Plus, to... where did uh, you get all that food and just to let him throw it all out? Yeah. yeah. Bacon. Make me bacon. What yeah. is this? I lost a little bit of respect for the doctor when he didn't like bacon. So, I, yeah, I was. Yeah. I did love, though, he's like, apples are my favorite. Give me an apple. You know, earlier on, he's like, maybe I'm having a craving. Oh, I've never had that before. As soon as he bites in the apple, oh, what is that? <laughs> That's an apple. Apples are rubbish. You said you liked them. <laughs> You know, then like you said, new mouth, new rules. That's right. Um, he he says at one point, "Brand new me never works." I thought that was great. Um, Corbin, you pointed that one out, right? Yeah. When did he say that? I can't. Even so remember. he's he's trying to figure out what he saw out of the corner of his eye. Oh right. He thinks brand new me never works. I'm like, oh, well, haha, that's interesting way of phrasing that. Yeah, especially when he, when we remember Tenant was like sacked out in the bed for uh, like a whole episode, right? <laughs> Uh, or, or most of the episode. some steaming tea, apparently. That's right. Some free radicals. <laughs> Get the heart going. Uh, let's see. He, he says to Amy, I'm not people. Do I even look like people? Because she says, people always say, he says, I'll be right back. She says, people always say that. He says, I'm not people. Do I even look like people? I thought that was... And then he leaves for 12 years. And then he does leave for 12 years. Yeah. Uh -huh. Gosh darn it, doctor. Do he mean? says, do I have a face that no one listens to? Again? I really hope Jared picks up on what that was a reference to because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't catch what that was. So, uh, because remember, Tennant actually said the opposite. 
Yeah, Tennant like, said, I guess I have just a trusting face or something. Like, uh, said that about the uh, about the uh, the fly people. You know, they they just trust you. I have a, uh, a believable face. You know. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm the doctor. I'm worse than everybody's aunt. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yes. You're worse than my aunt. I'm the and, doctor. I'm worse than everybody's aunt. And then like turns to the old lady and says like. That's not how I wanted to be introduced. And that is not how I'm introducing myself. Yes. Um, his his speech to Jeff was amazing. I didn't write it all out because it was quite a bit. But that whole thing of like, today is the day that you fly. You have to be you have to be brilliant. You have to be amazing, and then they'll never forget you and that kind of thing. I love it when the doctor does that. I love it when the doctor takes like everyday average Joe and just pumps him up and says, you are going to save the world. And then he leaves and walks back in and says, oh, and by the way, delete your history. Uh, Let's see. He's uh, he's not of this world, but he's put a lot of work into it. I think Jared had something to say about that. uh, I saw in the notes there. Um, He's been traveling traveling around on his own for a while, but I already mentioned this. He started talking to himself. You know, a little bit of a throwback to to Tennant there at the end of his time. Uh, there's one thing Amy needs to understand because it's important and one day her life may depend on it. I am definitely a madman with a box. I love that. I love that. I love that. Remember, we spent that time with Tenet in the Christmas invasion figuring out what kind of man am I? You know, no second chances. Oh, I'm rude. Am I rude? Is that who I am now? Am I rude? Um, that whole thing. Um, you know, so we've seen he's the raggedy doctor, mm-hmm. right? Um, that's, that name is going to stick. <laughs> And he is a madman with a box. And I would, I would go, Jared, you're listening. And tell me if you agree with this. I would say you could sum up the Moffat era as madman with a box. Tell, Jared, tell me if you agree with that. I think that's that's a pretty good summation of who is the Eleventh Doctor, who is the Moffat era, madman with a box. Mm-hmm. We, I just realized we missed the most important quote from this entire episode. What was it? Bowties are cool. Bowties are cool. Oh, how, did how did we? How did we not put this on here? Bowties. I can't. I can't believe you did this, Dad. Bow- <laughs> I know. I've been saying it's it to y'all for two years now, and we, y'all are like, we "What?" Bought our dog a bow tie because bow ties are cool. Because bow ties are cool. Completely forget it. This is true. This I can't is true. We did this. Oh, and you kept the clothes. <laughs> yeah, save the world for the millionth time. No charge. Yes, I kept the clothes. Sue me. All right. So, who is Amelia? First of all, she's Scottish, right? Um, we once again had to turn on the closed captioning. Uh, this time, not because of, of David Tennant blurting out stuff too quickly. It was simply because y'all couldn't understand Caitlin Blackwood's Scottish accent. Uh, <laughs> Scottish accents are barely English I, at a certain point. I love, I, I love, do. love, love a good Scottish accent, especially a Scottish comedian. There's yeah. a couple of Scottish stand-up comedians that I've heard over the years. They're my favorite. They are my absolute favorite. I like, I like Australian accents, honestly. Aussie accents are good. There's just something about. I saw this. I saw this meme the other day that was uh, apparently there's a scene in Wreck It Ralph where all the Disney princesses show up for some yeah. reason. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, we haven't seen it yet, so I don't get it. We have. But but yeah. there, apparently, okay. So there's a bit where Merida is. Ranting? Oh my gosh, I could barely understand okay. what she was saying. All right. It's not only it's Scottish, it's like, you know, late 16th century <laughs> English. Yeah. So it's like impossible to tell what she's saying. So she's the, like, the meme is people taking a, a still sh- a screenshot of that with her in like full rant mode and then putting this Scottish jibberty jabberty underneath it. And I was reading it 
and that Scottish comedian's voice was reading it in my head. Oh, I was like, I could read these all day. Oh, you know it. what I love? I love, I love, I love the um, I was reading a bunch of Star Trek comic books, and they, the way they do Scotty's voice, it is like barely English. Oh, really? In the comic books? Everything. Oh, that's they awesome. spell it. Like it would be pronounced yep. by someone who's yep. Scottish, mm-hmm. and yep. it's just amazing. That's that's what people are doing with these memes, and that's what I love about it. So, anyways, um, so she's Scottish. She has a name like in a fairy tale, Amelia Pond. I <laughs> love. I will never ever tire of hearing Matt Smith say Pond. <laughs> I will probably just do that on a regular basis now, now that y'all have heard it and know because he continues to do it. He's a Pond. I love it. I love it. Um, she's not afraid of anything. A box falls out of the sky. Man falls out of the box. Man eats fish custard. And look at you. You're just sitting there. Right? Oh, fish custard. And then we also have um, twice in, the, in this episode, which I, I forgot that it happened to her twice. Amelia Pond is the girl who waited. First 12 years and then two. Yeah. So you're going to – this is going to be kind of a motif with this character and with – uh, just a lot of the dynamics. Okay, so the idea of the girl who waited is gonna is gonna mm-hmm. come back, and I love it. I love it. It produces some really cool, um, wibbly wobbly storylines in and of themselves, like entire storylines based off of just that concept of the girl who waited. So, can't wait for more of that. So, other stuff we noticed. First of all, I mentioned earlier we had Article Fifty Seven of the Shadow Proclamation being invoked here. So again, the Doctor. Uh, you know, calling out an alien race and saying, you know, back off. This is, you know, I'm, this is under my protection. But I love that he calls the Atraxi back because going away is good. Never, ever coming back again is even better, right? Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm so. going to call them back immediately. After. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> call them back and say, this is a level five planet and it's protected, right? So this was... This I was, live here. Yes. This was uh, Matt Smith's uh, It Is Defended moment. Uh, without the tenant teeth, obviously. Uh, but yes. uh, did y'all catch the moment that I was talking about? When they literally do the cavalcade of stars, they show a quick blurb, uh, blip rather, of each of the doctors leading mm-hmm. up, to, including Eccleston. Mm-hmm. They showed Eccleston. Mm-hmm. And Which made me think this must be the most doctors to appear in any single episode, so far at least. Oh, it's, it's got to be up to this it's point. It's every single one plus 11. Yes. So. Yeah. And so, um, and then he steps through David Tennant's face (laughs) and just literally like, you know, like comes out and says, hello, I'm the doctor. And then it pulls back and this will actually be the uh, featured image for the, for the blog post for this episode. I I screen grabbed this of him standing there in his new uh, outfit, you know, his new suit and Amy and Rory behind him. And he's just sitting there. And it's funny because as I was watching it, I hit screen grab, like blip, 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 blip. And if you go back and you look at each one of those screen grabs, his face gets more and more smug every single time I hit that print screen button. It's so great. He's just like, you know, and then he says, basically, run. I was like, yes! You know, and then you just moment. see Amelia Pond sitting in the back, like, shaking yeah, her hair, like, that's, mm-hmm, that's, that's my, my doctor. That's my raggedy This doctor. is what I've been waiting that 12 years for. I've only met, for. like, just today, but, yeah, you know. Yeah, I love, oh, I love everyone ago. freaking out about he's actually here. 
especially Rory. How can he be here? He was pretend we you made me dress up as him, you know, like um, and she's like, shut up, man. <laughs> cartoons. What cartoons? <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, oh, we already kind of have hit a, hit at this. Uh, there's partic- some similarities between this and uh, the the Christmas invasion. That was some of the other stuff we noticed there. That um, you know, obviously it's a regeneration episode, but then also you've got an invading force and the Doctor saying the planet is protected. You got to get out of here and blah blah blah. And a little bit of what kind of guy is the Doctor going to be? You know, mm-hmm. and some of that even being voiced. You know, so. All right, uh, so guys, just a reminder that Noobs in the Whovian is also brought to you by listeners like you. If you find value in what we're doing and want to give a little bit of value back, that's all we ask. You can go to patreon.com slash noobsandthewhovian and become a supporting patron of family-friendly independent media today. <laughs> Trevor, you're just going to laugh every time I do yes, that? Yes, It's to. never oh, not so hilarious. <laughs> all right. All right, so uh, that brings us to our classic Who connection. So we're going to tune in and listen in to what Jared has to say. Hello, noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared, and I am so scared to bring you your classic Who connections this week. You don't know what it's been like. I can't sleep. I can't eat. All I keep hearing is this voice over and over again saying the same line. I'm coming for you, Jared. I looked out of the corner of my eye, and in my house, I saw a door I'd never seen before. And suddenly, I hear him inside the room, this voice saying, I'm coming for you, Jared. I'm coming for you, Jared. So, I figured the only thing I can do to escape it is watch the new doctor in the 11th hour, and then maybe, just maybe, he would come and save me from the torment. So... That's what I'm here for, to bring you your classic Who connections for Matt Smith's first episode, The Eleventh Hour. Okay, jumping right into it, we have a cricket bat used to knock out the doctor, and uh, that's we've seen a cricket bat a few times before, not a big surprise because, it's, of course, it's a British show, and cricket bats are pretty popular in Britain, uh, but we see the cricket bat... Uh, also in the fifth doctor's regeneration so i think that might be moffat uh hearkening back to that uh let's talk about the tardis uh this was the first time that we can see the saint john ambulance badge on the tardis since the third season of classic who that's still with the first doctor so it's been a long time since we've seen that and uh, with the refresh of the tardis there it's it's fun to see it back and this is the second time that we have seen the TARDIS doors open outwards. Uh, We saw that happen once with the second Doctor, the uh, series called The Ice Warriors. Normally the TARDIS doors open inwards, and to see them open outwards is is very rare. And also with the TARDIS in the TV movie in the 90s, uh, there was lightning when the TARDIS left, as we saw with the new TARDIS leaving. Not really a strong connection there. That's that's very likely just a coincidence because, you know, just for emphasis, emphasis of the TARDIS leaving. But it did happen in Classic Who. All right, bow ties are cool. Yes, they are. Second Doctor, as we have now seen, also wore bow ties. Not quite the same bow ties, maybe older type style bow ties, but still. Uh, also wore bow ties, and that's not just a coincidence. 
So Matt Smith getting his new outfit. Uh, we see a lot of doctors, of course, walking around in the old doctor's outfit until they get a new one uh, after the regeneration. Um, many of those doctors have found their new outfits in the TARDIS. In fact, uh, in some regenerations, it seems that the TARDIS provides the clothes for them. Going back to the fifth doctor, we see uh, he goes into a room and there's this this cricketeer outfit uh, just laid out for him, and he puts it on, and it's that simple. There's no no choosing of it. It's just there for him. And so this was a little different to just sort of pick up clothes uh, out of the hospital there, but the third and the eighth doctors have both stolen clothes from a hospital. Uh, so I think, though, this is the first time that he stole clothes after regeneration, uh, but other doctors have uh, removed clothes from a, a hospital to, to redress. Uh, the sonic screwdriver. This was the third time that we've seen the sonic screwdriver destroyed. Uh, it happened only once, though, in Classic Who. That's That was when, if you remember, the sonic screwdriver was being written off the show because it was too much of an easy crutch to get the doctor out of hairy situations. So uh, the, the showrunner decided that it should be done in the show. And so the fifth doctor in the series, The Visitation, had his sonic screwdriver destroyed and then as you recall we didn't see it again until the 90s tv movie carrot juice both the sixth and the seventh doctors disliked carrot juice and of course that's a connection because we saw the 11th doctor refuse carrots when he's trying to figure out what foods he liked and this is not the first time that the doctor has found a crack in the wall and uh, nefarious beings or baddies have uh, come out of that crack. Uh, The fifth doctor also fought beings from a crack in The Awakening. And finally, classic creatures in the montage of classic creatures that we see when the doctor is uh, talking to the Atraxi and telling them, making the point that the earth is defended so that they should run away. Um, in the, that montage, we see two classic Who creatures, first of which is the Santarans, which of course we have seen in, in New Who already, and the second of which are Sea Devils. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. I have no idea why they chose those two. Santarans makes a lot of sense because people would know them, but um, the Sea Devils, I'm, I'm not entirely sure why except for the fact that they uh, did attack earth and were uh, defeated but certainly there were plenty of options that could have been chosen but kind of cool because that's the first time we've seen them in new who and so might keep an eye out for them in the future so all that's left is to give it a rating and this was a wonderful introduction to the new doctor uh it's i thought it was a fantastic episode and uh, we meet two of my very favorite uh almost top favorite uh, companions here with Rory and Amy. So I was super excited to watch it again and fun to see Matt Smith sort of do a really good job of morphing from uh, the last Doctor and but, uh, you know, taking on some of the characteristics of the last Doctor, but making it new, making it his own already. So classic but different uh, transition. So uh, I'm going to give it a 9.5 fish custards, which I can do because you guys usually do your ratings after me, so I can call that one right away. 
as far as creep level, there was some creepy stuff in this. Uh, the seeing the little kids with the mouths open the mouths with the spiky teeth and stuff, and and the 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 idea that uh, in this little girl right near this little girl's room, this creature was living for twelve years, and you know that's uh, certainly creepy. So I'm gonna go ahead and say 275 on the creep levels. So. Uh, thank you to TARDIS Wikia for the uh, help with the information. Thank you to Noobs and the Whovian for having me on. And thank you to Trip for being the subject of my nightmares the entire week. I'm coming for you, Jared. And I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections next time. Okay, now that we have all collectively died, <laughs> that was so, so great. Um, we, had to, we had to back up the, the intro and listen to it again. That was great. Um, so, uh, yeah, definitely uh, some interesting uh, connections there. And uh, sorry that um, Trip has been haunting your dreams and hiding in a hidden room. I, I, I didn't realize. Trip, knock that off, would you? What's <laughs> so funny is as we're listening to that, before Trip even heard his own voice coming on, he's over here going shink, shink, shink. Like he's sharpening a shiv over here. So he knew what was coming. He knew what was coming. I didn't even tell him what uh, what exactly was coming. <laughs> All right. So overall rating, Jared gave it 9.5 out of 10 fish custards. So Trip, what do you got, buddy? Mm, I mean, it was a good episode, but it's not tenant. I mean, <laughs> I, it's just... Not okay. All right. I don't, okay. Which rating then? I don't know. Um, it's good. I think maybe in I think nine. <laughs> nine out of ten. Yeah, I love how you're so like on the fence about it. Like I I don't know. It's a nine. <laughs> well, I mean, I wanted to give it a ten, but then I was thinking maybe to give it a nine point five. But then I didn't want to steal Jared's, but I also didn't want to be. That would have been stealing Jared. But I still didn't want it to be too high. That's but I didn't right. Want so it 9 to out of 10 what? Low. 9 out of 10. Oh. Weird teeth. <laughs> Space worm fangs. All right. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to give it a, a solid 9 Geronimos out of 10. Um, <laughs> and, and I was going to go 9.5. I really, really was. And then I was thinking back to my own comments about the Jeff bit. And mm-hmm, if they had mm-hmm. taken that out and written something good in there uh-huh. that, that was not a total a waste 10? of time, I would give this a 9.5. Uh. Um, but other than that, I've got, I've, got to, I've got to pull it back. But again, this, this is a fantastic introduction it to is. a companion, a fantastic introduction to a doctor. You've got to do a lot of work. Mm-hmm. We haven't had to do this much work since Rose. Yeah. Because you had to introduce a new doctor. A new companion. And a companion. A, at the and a new TARDIS. A new Sonic. Sonic. So many new things. Yeah. Um, well. Yeah. 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 We had to. We had to do all of that during Rose too. Yeah. So we yeah. haven't had to do this in in four years. So now to to try and do that again, it's it's fantastic. So Corbin, what do you got? Um. See the one the one problem I had with this is Stephen Moffat's episodes have been really really good so far. Yeah. Yeah. And all right, when you do a lot of episodes, so you, uh-huh. you're expecting. Really good episodes. Yep, in, yep, yep. in my opinion, this was not his strongest episode. No. Okay. It was a really good episode overall. It, mm. I thought it was funny. There was a lot of great bits. The uh, thing you were just mentioning with Jeff, though, like, there's a few parts I where mean, they... you can't make it perfect, so... Yeah, True. you can't. That's what I've been saying this and, whole time. Unless it's Blink. 
Then it's and, unless it's flanked. Yeah. So I'm going to give this a solid 8.5. Uh, oh, I had something. I don't remember what it is now. Oh, that's... that's <laughs> no, I honestly can't think of what it is. 8.5 blank minds. Blank, I don't know. What? Well, you forgot oh, it. Oh, you know what it was? You wrote it down. You just can't see it because of the perception filter. Oh. <laughs> well, then what does it say, Dad? 8 out of 10 perception filters, I thought. Okay. I'm oh, sorry, 8.5. 8.5. I couldn't see that 0.5 because of the perception filter. <laughs> All right, uh, creep level. I am going to go about... Uh, oh, Trip, you you were right on the money. I was going to say the same thing you were. 325. Oh, yeah. uh, this one, I was... So 325, that puts us uh, out of 500 levels. So uh, you know what? Let's back up and talk about that for just a second because it's been a long, long time since we've referenced this. But yeah. uh, once upon a time... What episode was it, guys? Oh, crap. Oh. It was long with Space Station 10 or whatever. And there were, oh. five, there were 500 levels... Oh, and yeah, and level five hundred was Jack supposed Price. to be uh, the the walls were made out of gold, and it was you know and all this kind of stuff. And then you get up there, and it's, it's, a, and freezing, it's a holy terror. Um, it's a freezing mess with an evil thing and like a bunch of skeletons, skeleton jump scares, and all that kind of stuff. So that's where we came up with the creep level we're factor. Like, that was a freaky episode. We should use a reference from that. Episode. <laughs> that's correct. Yeah. I think that was the first episode where we gave it a creep level. So yeah, out of so. five hundred creep levels, with five hundred being the creepiest, I'm going to give this three hundred and twenty-five creep levels. I you know, I usually give this from the perspective of I have an eight-year-old, so if he was sitting in the room, he. By the way, he still doesn't watch the show with us <laughs> because yeah, it's still yeah, not I quite. Really there. wanted to watch this episode. Yeah, he did, reason. and I was like, I don't know if this is going to be a good one because of the the fangs. That was the main thing was mm. the fangs. Yeah, yeah. So um, with that in mind, I mean, even the flying eyeball thing could freak out some <laughs> yeah, kids. Absolutely. So I'm going to put this, you know, pretty good above half. And there was enough. Um, there was enough scare type stuff and creepy. Uh, the first time the guy with the dog opened his mouth. And showed oh those fangs kind of yeah. freaked me out. So, like, 325 out of 500 creep levels. Trip, you gave it also 325. Did you yeah, want to say anything about it? I think I'm gonna. I mean, it's sure, it's not the creepiest, but. Oh, no way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not by far. Like, it doesn't give me nightmares. It's not scary. It's creepy. It's weird. So, That's the it's idea. Just, just the thought of. Like, it wasn't a scary episode, but the thought of it, like, <laughs> if I had a crack in my wall, I'm living alone, and I just voices. have to stare at You're it, not alone. voices Her are aunt was just away, that's all. But still. Her um, aunt never did appear, though. So yeah, she never did. Like, just voices in a wall, and then suddenly a man drops out of the sky, comes running in, opens up the wall, <laughs> there's a alert. giant eye. <laughs> just the way it is. Yeah. It's and that voice. By the way, when you're yeah. seven, uh, that's yeah. 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 So, Corbin, what do you got, man? Um, I'm going to say this one was pretty creepy. Uh, probably a 265. I just want to say, though, I noticed that a lot of the time I rate these things a lot less creepy. And you do. You're a jaded little teenager. <laughs> there are some creepy things that, like, legitimately give me nightmares. It's just terrifying. Yeah. So don't worry, a lot of coming. the stuff on Doctor Who is a lot milder. Don't worry. And some of that they're coming. Is, is freaky. <laughs> so, but this is still a pretty freaky episode, despite yeah, how yeah. fake so what's your score, then? the things look. <laughs> I said 265. 265, so just above half. Yeah. So we, we yeah. pretty much all agree this is on the creepier side mm -hmm, of the scale. Yeah. So. Yes. Um, any theories? Anything that y'all want to kick around, explore, the crack? 
The silence. I feel like the crack has got to have Pandorica. something to Pandorica do with something open. coming soon. The Pandorica will open. <laughs> is that your it's theory, Corbin? The silence crack. will fall. Because is that the your crack theory? is open. <gasps> so, uh, Trip, what were you saying, though? I gotta say, the crack has to have something to do with Amelia. I feel like okay. it's it's just gotta have you. something. What? I mean, um, every character Amelia. that he meets several times by just traveling seems Yeah, what do we, we say? Yeah. I think on our last episode, or maybe the one before that, I said anything that's a coincidence in Doctor Who is not a not coincidence. coincidence. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so you think that Amelia has something to do with the crack? Mm-hmm, I gotta... And like, Corbin thinks maybe. the Pandora will indeed. I open. wouldn't say Amelia in particular, but I gotta say events surrounding her has to do with the the crack in the wall. Okay. Kind of like Wilfred, like people have spent years trying right. to find the Doctor, and he found him in like an hour or something like that. Right. All right. Like uh, there wasn't any uh, listener input this week, so we'll just move on to. Uh, and there's really not a game plan right now. I was going to say we'll move on to the game plan, but the game plan is just go to the next the episode. Um, no, you know what? I take that back. We said last week that we would provide information about by his bootstraps. So I need to put uh, info in here by his bootstraps. So I'm going to put a, a note in there to make sure that we get um, get you guys some links to that. I was researching it a little bit last night, and uh, so there's there's a couple of different options for it. One thing that we need to decide, whether it's the, the three of us or we put up a poll or what, there is a written version of this, and then there is the radio drama version of it that we have listened to. I have never actually read it. I've only ever yeah. heard uh, the, the radio drama yeah. that's done by... Um, uh, Richard Dreyfus, so he does a he does a, a great job with that. So we need to decide if we're going to do the audio version only, the written version only, or if we're going to try and tackle them both. I think we I should say try tackle them both. Okay, I th- I say we should do audio. It's easier. We can just listen to it, and yeah. also um, it's more along what we normally do. Like we're normally watching movies, that's and TV episodes. Mm, yeah, that's so true. going from that to a book. Yeah. My only thought yeah. about it was we, we've talked about how we're doing time travel stories for the Timey Wimeys and we've never really branched out too much. Like we've done yeah. ma- mostly movies. Well, an audio would be One TV well. show. An audio, yeah, an audio drama would be, yeah, a ra- it's an old timey radio show type of thing mm-hmm. is what it is. So and on the other so that end, would be branching out. it would be easier to not have to read that. School just started. We have a lot this of stuff true. to do. This is true. This is true. I meant for you guys to read that over the summer and we just never quite got to it. So. Yeah. So at any rate, I will uh, provide links to where you can get the uh, the MP3. There's a there's an old timey radio revival podcast out there. You can also just, just if you just Google by his bootstraps, uh, you'll find the Richard Dreyfus audio drama version. So uh, let's just call it. That's what we're going to do. We're going to mm-hmm. do the Richard Dreyfus audio drama presentation of by his bootstraps. And that's coming up in about a month's time, uh, the end of September. I think it's the last episode that we'll do in September. So uh, go ahead and, and find that and download it. Drop it in your pod feeder if you know how to do that, and then you can listen to it along with all your other stuff. So next time, join us as we discuss Series 5, Episode 2, The Beast Below. Noobs in the Whovian is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside, you guys. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. Trip. Our production editor is this guy. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for the Classic Who connection. And thanks to all of our Patreons for being sponsors. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Noobs in the Whovian. Email us at Noobs in the Whovian at gmail.com. 
Check out the show notes and everything else at noobsandthehoovian.com and consider supporting us at patreon.com slash noobsandthehoovian. Subscribe wherever you found us. Leave us a rating. Throw some stars at our face and share us with a friend, not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. Until next time, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoovian. and these are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And we're the news. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Be whip. Be whoop.